This is Parent Q Live, brought to you by the team at Parent Q. Hey, friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live with your hosts, Carlos Whitaker and Kristen Ivey. Kristen, we're back for another episode today. It's a fun episode because one of the words we're going to be talking about is celebrating. And can you let us know what exactly we're going to be celebrating and talking about today? Today we get to celebrate milestones in our kids' lives. Yes. Just those unique moments that only happen one time in a person's life. And as a parent, sometimes you just get that feeling as you're approaching one of these. I know for me, you know, maybe our kid's seventh birthday. Yes. As I was getting ready for it, all of a sudden I thought, you only turn seven once. Yeah. What is this going to look like and how do we make a moment with this? And, you know, there were a couple of things that we did for every kid just specifically around a seventh birthday. I don't know why. Sure. You know, there were other birthdays where it was like, let's just go to the backyard and eat cake. Yeah, sure. But there are unique milestones in every person's life that you only get to celebrate once. And as a parent, sometimes you just start to go, what is the best way to make a memory here? I can totally relate. I know for me, the most recent milestone kind of moment that we created for our daughters was when they got cell phones, when they got mobile phones, smartphones. Uh, It was a big deal because they were, I would say, one of the last in their friend group. So instead of just, you know, handing it to them, we actually made it, we made it a moment. We made it like, this is a big deal. And so it, it's, it's going to be a lasting memory. And so those are the things that we're talking about. Those very significant milestone moments uh, that we can create with our kids. One of the milestones I think we often overlook is the one we're going to really focus on today because it's subtle. It's not like giving your kid a phone for the first time where you know when the minute happens, when it, you know, when the transaction occurs and the phone passes into their hands for the first time. This one is, like I said, just, it's a lot more subtle, Mm. but there comes a point in every kid's life when they're kind of transitioning from childhood into what's next, into their teen years and becoming an adult. And somewhere around 11 years old or 12 years old or 13 years old, there is a little bit of a milestone as you begin that transition period. And so today we really wanted to lean in and go, what can we do as parents specifically in that transition as your kid begins the process of moving from childhood into adolescence? And one of the first people I heard talk about being intentional with this time frame in particular was our good friend Carrie Newhoff. Yes. I and love so Carrie. we kind of called up Carrie and said, Carrie, can you just share for us one more time what you did with your own sons yeah. when you realized that this was just a unique milestone in their life? And here's what he had to say. Hey guys, it's Carrie Newhoff here, and I want to share with you something that was really powerful that happened in my family with my sons when they turned 13. So I had heard when our oldest was about maybe 11 years old, uh, Tim Elmore speak. And Tim talked about the mentoring process that he was leading his uh, 13-year-old daughter through at the time. And I was fascinated. And as soon as I heard him say that, I thought, okay, I'm doing this for both of my boys once they reach 13. And I want you to think back to when you were 13. And I I actually remember that in my own life. And I I think about how confusing a time it was, how I had lots of questions. And, you know, you don't want to bring all those questions to your parents because, well, it's embarrassing. And, you know, you're a kid, you're a teenager, you're trying to figure out your independence. And so what I did, modeled on what Tim Elmore 
had uh, told me was I sat down with my boys, and I'll, I'll just pick uh, my oldest son. His name is Jordan. I sat down with him uh, when he turned 13, and I said, you know what, this summer, uh, would you be open to making this a mentoring summer where we select five men, in his case being a boy, that uh, could build into you, spend a day with you, and sort of teach you some truths about God, some truths about life, and basically they'd spend a day with you, then we'd have a celebratory dinner at the end of the summer to kind of reflect on what we'd learned. And he was very open to that, both my boys were. So we sat down, we made a list of people that he trusted and admired, that I trusted and admired, and I sent an email out to uh, all five guys, and I said, hey, Uh, I want to do this thing with my son this summer. Would you be open to spending a day with him? And over the course of the day, do whatever you want. Like, just make it enjoyable. Take him fishing. Take him whatever. Uh, And just share with him one life truth and one spiritual truth. And five out of five guys said, absolutely. So the summer comes around, and uh, it was really cool to see what people picked. Uh, one of our friends uh, took him camping for the day, which which I was thankful for because I think camping is unchristian. So, um, <laughs> hey, if God made us smart enough to do uh, electricity and air conditioning and, like, shelter, then we shouldn't violate God by going camping. But anyway, that's, that's my view. So um, took him camping. <laughs> Another friend actually uh, took him to church for a day and sat him through a board meeting, cured him of board meetings, I'm sure, forever, and is actually a police chaplain, and they threw him in the back of a squad car uh, just for fun. Uh, <laughs> and so, so there was that. And then another friend, a lifelong friend, uh, said, you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to fly in a plane and I never did. So he took him up in this little Cessna and flew him around. And then they went horseback riding. And it was on that day that we discovered that Jordan was allergic to horses. But I mean, they had a they had a wonderful time. So all five of those individual days happen over the course of the summer. And then at the end of the summer, like late August, early September, I call the five guys and say, hey, uh, uh, let's find a night where we could all get together at my place and review what we've learned. So they all came up, some at great distances, four or five hours travel. You know how family friends can be. So they all came over and uh, my wife left, my younger son left, and it was just the guys. So we had we had a lot of fun. I mean, there was steak on the barbecue. We drank Coke. There was no salad in sight. And we just had this meal. And I mean, none of us had done it before, right? So you don't really know how it's going to go, but I, I sort of had it planned in Jordan. And I had gone out and bought Bibles and had them monographed with, uh, monographed, I should say, with the people's names on them. So they each got a Bible. And then as dinner kind of wound down, we went around the table and I just said, okay, guys, tell me what you see in Jordan. And so they just started to speak into his life. And they said, you know, we see strength in you. We see a leader in you. We see these things in you. It was, it was powerful. And then I said to Jordan, you know, I told him to take good notes on those five days. I said, hey, why don't you share with these guys what you've learned? And he went around the table and shared with them what he had learned from each of them. And then after dessert, we kind of gathered in the living room and, uh, and, and Jordan knelt and we all put our hands on his head and we prayed for him. And I read from Deuteronomy chapter six, uh, just a passage. And we, we just prayed over him and we prayed words of blessing into his life, strength into his life and asked God to be with him. 
And when we were finished, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. And we hung out for a couple more hours, and then one by one, the guys had to go. And you know what? Every single one of them said to me in their own words on their way out, I wish someone had done this for me when I was 13. I absolutely love that story. It's inspired my own parenting and the aspirations that I have as a parent with what I hope to do one day with our own children. And now we have a conversation between Carlos and Nick Salyers, who actually was a part of a team that created resources specifically around this milestone. Check out this conversation. So I had a really unique experience with my dad. Um, you know, I, I would say a pretty typical relationship with my dad growing sure. up, but uh, he did something really special and significant in my life when I turned about 12. Okay. And, and I think that's a really important time in life uh, for parents to lean in and engage. Uh, but what my dad did is, is he said, uh, not unlike the Jewish tradition uh-huh. um, of having a bar mitzvah around that age, he just said, hey, Nick, we're going to spend the next year of life uh, figuring out what it looks like from God's perspective and your dad's perspective to be a man. Wow. And uh, it kind of, you know, we went on all these experiences and field trips and he brought in other, you know, mentors and wise men in my life. But ultimately, it culminated in this significant and meaningful blessing. Wow. Where I received the love of my dad and it wasn't just hearing it in passing or having this general vague sense of, I know my dad loves me. It was a powerful moment that I'll be with the rest of my life, you know, having that affirmation from my dad. I love that. It it was, um, I love what you said. It was experiential. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't just, it wasn't just, I love you, son. Right. There there was, there was something to touch. There was something tangible about it. Um, And I love hearing about how you talk, talk about your dad. How old are you now? So I'm 24 years old. You're 24 now. years old. Yeah. Do you have any kids of your, your own? No, no not, not a father. So what I love about this is that is that parents, you're, you're hearing a 24-year-old son, okay, mm-hmm. who who isn't pouring this into his son, but is you're literally talking about experience from your father uh, to yourself. And 12 years old. Talk to us a little bit about, if you can rewind, yeah. let's see, 12 years or however long ago it was now. Um, and when, when your dad said, hey, we're going to start doing some, this thing, whatever this thing is, um, how did he present that to you? Like, like, was it something you were excited about? Did you think it was weird? Yeah. Did you, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I guess you just start is middle school's chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's an awkward time in life and it's a complex time in life. And it's, it's really the first time in life that you start asking questions of identity. You know, who am I? Who do I yeah. want to become? And, and that's overwhelming. And, you know, not to mention the physical changes that are going on yeah. and, you know, emotional and spiritual changes that are happening. So it's a really important time for parents to lean in and specifically dads yeah. to lean in. And so lucky, luckily for me, my dad did lean in so in that time, in that moment. And he did it. Uh, he was really smart about it. Okay. So he, uh, he built it up and it was almost like a surprise, but uh, we likened it to almost like a fraternity initiation-esque yeah. ceremony or the grand opening, grand cer- or opening ceremonies of the Olympics. 
Um, and so that's kind of how we kicked it off. And so, you know, the, there is a potential that maybe your son or daughter in that age is uh, pushing away mm-hmm. or, you know, there's that, that rebellion starts to happen. Um, but, you know, building up that almost exclusivity and initiation yeah. type of event to kick things off uh, really helped and went a long way. And so it wasn't it wasn't my dad dragging me to something sure. or I was excited. I wanted, and I was asking, I was like, hey, when's the next time that we're so going to, you know, talk about these important things? Yeah. Was that something that was just you and your father? Or was that something that more people were involved with? Kind of the ceremony of, of what this thing was to kind of launch whatever this is? Yeah. I mean, my dad was really smart there, too. Is He said, it's going to be really awkward if it's just me and Nick. Yeah. Uh, and so he said, you know, I got some other friends who are in the same stage of life. They have sons who are Nick's age. And why don't we do this together? Yeah. Because uh, you're going to get the added benefit and wisdom from the other dads in the group. Um, but it also gives it uh, that tangible feeling and that yeah. feeling of weight and significance. Um, and that, that makes a really big impact. Uh, we, we started calling it a missing milestone. Okay. Uh, and that, that's that idea of that there's not a rite of passage in the Western culture from boyhood into manhood mm. or not a significant and meaningful one. Yeah. And so that's something that's missing from our society. Yeah. And that's a problem that we need to tackle. Yeah. But all milestones in life have the kind of the same makeup to them. Sure. Uh, so think about a high school graduation or a yep. wedding ceremony. There's always this process that leads to a moment. There's always uh, kind of symbols or rituals yeah. that are involved in the experience. And it always leads to an identity change of some sort. Wow. From student to, you know, alumnus or yeah. uh, from single to married. Or yeah. it, so, and even there you have you know, Mr. or Mrs. attached to your name. Mm. And so, but we've lost that milestone for, you know, boys becoming men. And so that's kind of the, what he was tackling, but it really helped to bring in other dads because it created the right context uh, to make it significant and meaningful in my life. Yeah. Nick, tell me, what does every son need to hear from their father? I love you. talk about, you know, these kind of ceremonial milestones that, you know, maybe used to happen a lot in culture. But Mm -hmm. honestly, if you look at the evangelical church in America, like we're just not good at that. Like, like that, that's not something that, um, that happens really well. You look at some other cultures, maybe religions, you've got bar mitzvahs, you've got, you've got some things that isn't necessarily happening in Western evangelicalism. And yep. so, um, why do you think that is? What, what, why, why do you think we have maybe left, um, parenting wise and mm. raising of our sons left kind of these major moments out of, um, out of their lives? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a shift of culture. Um, and just, uh, we have rites of passages, yes. getting your driver's license right. and graduation, but Culture hasn't emphasized yeah. a rite of passage from boyhood to manhood, and, and in fact has emphasized the opposite of this idea of emerging adulthood 
and you're kind of stuck in this perpetual, am I a child or am I an adult? Yeah. And there's not really a, a marker uh, that you can point to that says, okay, now I'm an adult. Mm. And, and so I think that that's like, that's part of it. But then I think another part of it is just generational. Sure. A lot of fathers grew up without having received that yeah. from their own dad. So they don't know to look for it and they don't know to that their son is looking for it yeah. and that they don't know to give it and when to give it and how to give it. Wow. And so it kind of creates this, you know, cyclical thing yeah. um, that if we could just break it with one generation, I think you would see the needle move on culture as a whole with that idea. I would love to maybe talk about your opinion on, especially because you don't have kids yet, Mm. And you're 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 still like your dad's beta test of a, of a, of a son, right? Like like you are, yeah. you are, we're we're seeing like everything, the fruit of his labor, you know, and obviously right. God's hand and the right. things in your life, and obviously, but nowadays, you know, a lot of parents are looking at their kids and they're like, oh, my kids are on the phones all the time, and my kids mm-hmm. are always doing this and always that. But I want to talk about from from your point of view because. You're 24 now. Smartphones have been around for at least 10 years. And I know that your dad, I know your dad, and I know he's, you know, he's into that stuff. Um, talk to us maybe a little bit about, I mean, now you're talking to the parents. Yeah. Our use of, of technology, maybe our overuse of it, and, and maybe how that maybe could be hindering a little bit in, when it comes to relationships we're having with our kids. Does that make sense as a question? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that- Just yell at me, basically. <laughs> I, that's what I want you I want you to look at me and tell me, Carlos, freaking put your phone down and spend time with your kids. Well, I, I think at the end of the, day, of the day, technology is a tool. Yeah. And so a tool can be used for good or for bad. And, and so I think that that's, you know, I think we're still figuring out what it looks like yeah. to use smartphones and the internet as a powerful tool for good. And I think that we're kind of, you know, we're learning to find balance with it. Uh, but that's really my hope is that we can use technology for good because it's a powerful thing when it works right. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think, you know, it kind of creates two problems. It can be a distraction yeah. uh, for parents, and and that sends a message to your kids. Absolutely. Um, if, if you always have a screen in front of you, that's sending a message to your kids. And then if they always have a screen in front of them, you know, that's kind of the, the flip side of it is sure. there's a million voices yelling at them. Yeah. Um, but the most important one is your voice. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, how can you weave your voice into their life um, in a powerful and meaningful way where, you know, they're not rebelling against it yeah. and, and they're actually asking and seeking it? I think that's something kids learn, but they aren't always good at and don't yeah. always know how to do. Um, and so parents have to take some initiative there. Uh, but I, I think that technology can actually help that. Sure. Um, but it can certainly hinder it in other yeah. ways. Yeah. No, I, I love that. We're, we're speaking specifically of, of a moment or we were when you were 12 and your mm-hmm. father took you through this thing. But so there's some parents listening to this that they've got four year old sons. They've yeah. got seven year old sons. Just what are some what are some things parents what are some ways that parents of younger kids yeah. um, can show them love? Yeah. Uh, I got I got two things for you on Perfect. that. Um, I grew up an athlete. I was a swimmer, swam in college, and um, so that was uh, a, a big important part of my life, yeah. and one that my parents were kind of there for all of it. And so I think they did a really good job of stepping in there in an appropriate way. 
So I think after I swam, the only thing that I wanted to hear from my parents was, I love you and I'm proud of you. Wow. And so I think that that's something that you can be doing at every stage is just, you know, be constant about it. Yeah. And then show it in different ways. So, uh, you know, people talk about the five love languages. Yep. Sometimes, you know, maybe you're giving a lot of affirmation to your son or daughter, but what they really want is they want uh, physical affection. Yeah. Or they want gifts or, you know, everyone has a different way that they receive love. So I think parents can definitely figure that out as their kids are growing and then learn that even though you might really like giving gifts, you know, my, my dad bought me a baseball bat and he bought me all this stuff, but he doesn't show up to my games. Like sure. I want quality time for yeah, my dad. Yeah. But so figuring that out is, is one step in the positive direction. And then the other is, I would say, uh, look at the everyday milestones. Okay. So there's these big milestones. And I think 13 is a hugely important age to be investing deeply. But there's, an, there's milestones every single day that you can be leaning into. So we talk about car time, meal time, and bedtime. Wow. So that's super practical every single day. Those are areas where you can be intentional with your kid mm. and setting them up for this big moment, you know, when they're in middle school and when you really need to pour a lot of time sure, and energy yeah. into it. But if you just do that every week where you're being intentional, asking insightful questions that's good. during those times, um, that goes a long way in showing that you you love your your son or daughter and you care about them and they yeah. feel that that's you know you'll feel that in a tangible way yeah gosh no i i love that the the parenting in small moments so that when mm-hmm. the big moment comes it's you've already laid the groundwork that much more powerful yeah. when the big moment comes ah, so good it's you know it, it is so powerful i tell i tell parents all the time cuz i've got a 16 year old on friday or saturday she's turning 16 um, a 14 year old and a 12 year old hmm. and my two daughters are my teenagers and parents all the time are like Oh my gosh, are you freaking out? Like, is it, you know, how yeah. hard is it? This and that. And I'm like, actually, it's awesome. Yeah. I feel like if you do your job, now hormones are involved right, and they're right. still going to make crazy decisions. But if, if you're laying those small moments, like you said, mm-hmm. down when they're five and six and 10, then when they're 15, 16, and 17, they, they've got this thing down. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would say, I would say two things to parents out there is like, that's, that's where my parents did a really great job yeah. is they were, you know, consistent in the small moments. And that made the big moments that much easier for them and for me. But then two, uh, my dad taught me this and I'm not a dad yet, but this is the philosophy I'm going to live by is never take too much credit or too much fault Mm. when it comes to raising your kids. And I I think that's true because it's not all in your control. Yeah. And, uh, so, you you know, take that with balance too, is that don't take too much credit for your kids, uh, and don't get too attached to that. But also, don't take too much fault if, yeah. if something goes wrong, because th- there's grace kind of on both sides of I that equation. It. I love it, and and also, I'd say even to, to add to that, you know, my dad even says he still parents me, which is yeah. which oh. is so cool. Yeah. You know, my dad's 72 years old, and he's like, Carlitos, I, I still have to smack you around every once in a while, and it's right. so true. And, and, and I'm sure phases, you find that too. There's phases to that too. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of the, the caretaker phase yeah. at the beginning, where you're providing needs, physical needs, yeah. especially. But then you move into kind of a coaching role yeah, uh, where you're coaching. And then there's, you know, even like kind of gardener or uh, almost consultant. Yeah. And so like I've seen my dad shift through those phases and you'll start to feel the tensions. Sure. Like, okay, I need to move away from caretaking and into coach. Yeah. And then, okay, I need to move away from coach and more to consultant where 
you yeah. know, giving advice on a mask for it and, and stuff like that. Ooh, yeah. I like those words, Luis, caretaker, consultant, coach. That's good. You know, when Nick talks about the importance of communicating love to your son in the way that your son best receives it, he mentions one of my favorite books, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. If you're interested in learning more about parenting with these love languages in mind, check out the conversation I had with author and speaker Gary Chapman. And if you go to our ParentQ website, you can search for the best of and you'll find that they're the five love languages in parenting your kids. Also, if you're interested, Gary Chapman has also authored a children's book called A Perfect Pet for Peyton. Say that five times fast. Listen, read this book together and discover the way that your child best receives love. I want to shift the conversation back to showing love to your son through, through this kind of experiential moment that you were talking about that your dad took you and apparently some friends through. Um, what you guys have done is you've actually turned this into something that it's not just an idea or a thing that your dad did 10, 12 years ago. This is something that any dad can do. Um, so, so if your dad or if your mom listen to this podcast right now, we're actually going to get into like the specifics of something called champion tribes. Is that, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Champion tribe. And, um, tell us, let's get specific into that. What is that? Uh, and, and how can that help parents show their son's love? Champion Tribes really came about uh, through that experience that me and my dad had. And so many parents were asking him, hey, what was that thing you did with your son? Um, that and But he was like, I don't really have anything to give him. Yeah. Uh, and so sure enough, when I got off to college, that's where it became really black and white for me, where I saw friends who they did not receive the affirmation of their father. Wow. And that it was a very tangible difference. Yeah. And I had friends that did receive the affirmation of their father. And that was also, you know, that, that life looked very different. It was blatantly obvious to you. Like you, you just, could just, yeah. Night and day. And wow. I could trace it like all the way back to, you know, being 13 and having that moment. Um, and so that was really, the Lord just kind of put that on my heart of like, why are so many dads missing this? Mm. And how can we help them not miss this important moment, this important milestone? Yeah. And so kind of right around that time, he also, the Lord also put that on my dad's heart and on Jeff Henderson's heart. And so they kind of came to me and said, uh, let's build something yeah. for busy dads, because we know dads out there are busy, that can help them navigate this critical time in life with their sons. And so that was really the birth of Champion Tribes. Wow. And so what it looks like today is uh, there's two parts to it. There's a digital curriculum. Okay. Um, that helps coach dads through these 12, we call them tribe gatherings. So what happens is we uh, help dads form tribes. Okay. Um, and it's as easy as just looking around you and saying, who are the dads who I want speaking in my son's life? Who are the dads around me that have middle school sons and are feeling the pressure and the tension of this time of life? Yeah. And then we give you all the tools you need. So we have a physical kit and a digital curriculum that coaches you through each step of the process. Okay. And so there's 12 tribe gatherings in total and they cover specific values. So things like confidence or humility or accountability or perseverance or integrity. And so you would gather together with your tribe once a month 
for okay. a year. And all of this is building on that milestone idea. So we help you create the ritual, the ceremony, the tradition of it. We provide you know, the, the content curriculum that you walk through and movie clips that point to these character traits cool. and all these things. Uh, but ultimately, it's all building towards that significant moment in time where you can give your son your blessing. Wow. And he has a chance to receive that. And that has lifelong uh, implications and impact wow. on his life. So our real goal is to make you the dad the hero. Yes. We want to make right you on. your Bring son's it. hero. And so we're just giving you the tools and equipment to do that. Yeah. Um, and so the physical kit, it's, uh, it's a lot of stuff that just gives weight and significance to this journey that you're going on with your son. And so uh, it's actually like a leather, like almost treasure chest. I'll, I'm, I want to go ahead and, and uh, let everybody know that I actually have one of these under my bed at home. Jeff Henderson has mailed me one. Yeah. And uh, my son just turned 12 a few weeks ago. And Perfect. I'm getting all the dads together. So yeah. I'm literally using you right now as as my um, tutorial yeah. on what I'm about to do. So I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. It's beautiful. You, you, it's a it's like this chest looking leather leather thing with all these really cool things inside of it that I'm right. I'm hoping you'll explain. Yeah, and and so all those things uh, help either teach a lesson. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like an object lesson, if you will. Or they also help you kind of rotate through those five love languages. Wow. So that's something else that you're going to go through this process is you're going to learn a lot about your son. You're going to build a really strong relationship with him through this process. But you're also going to be able to impart wisdom mm -hmm. and values. Um, and that's stuff that he's going to lean on for the rest of his life. I know I still, to this very day, lean on principles that my dad taught me at 13 wow. through this experience. Really? What, um, give me one of those principles that, that you're yeah. leaning on here at 24 that when you were 13, yeah. um, was so, delivered to you. So my favorite thing, if I could, you know, get in the ear of every middle schooler in the country, yeah. I would tell them this, I would say, you will move towards and become like those you surround yourself with. Wow. That's something I learned at 13 and it just had a profound impact on my life because I was very aware, very conscious of, man, the people that I'm spending a lot of time with, I'm going to start moving toward and becoming like those people. Yeah. So I better be really careful who I surround myself with. And sure. it made it easy too, because my dad kind of got to pick and choose. He said, right. hey, <laughs> I'm forcing you kind of, not yeah, forcing, yeah, but yeah. I'm creating this tribe for you yeah. of people who I want you to learn from. Yeah. And, you know, so these are people that I want you to move toward. But then that, that also taught me implicitly that when I went off to college and I was on my own, first thing I started doing, I'm looking for wise men, yeah. for mentors wow. that can speak into my life. So it's kind of this double-edged sword yeah. of you're helping curate your child's friends, but then also um, helping teaching them. them to look for that thing. Yeah. Gosh, this is so good. Would you say what, what what ages would you say this this would be good for as far as you know anyone that wants maybe okay I heard about Champion Tribes you yeah. know let me let me go on their website and order it and figure, but my son is blank age what what do you think a good age is for this yeah so we say that eleven to fourteen is the prime time got it but th it, that's trending younger okay uh, because of really technology and the internet yeah. and there's a great quote uh, by a youth pastor out of Tennessee and he said this he said. The fifth grader of today is the eighth grader of 10 years ago. Wow. Not because he's more mature, 
but because he's more exposed. Yes. And so I think that that's, you know, something that parents need to be aware of and conscious of is your kid probably knows more than you think he does. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's good to have a little bit of a pro proactive strike um, against some of those things because just kids are just more exposed these days than they ever have been. That's good. I love that. The exposed versus mature thing. And just yesterday, my son was walking, you know, down the hallway and I heard him going, God's plan. God's plan. And I'm like, are you singing Drake? Like mm-hmm. there's not a Drake record in my house, yeah. but he's like, yeah, dad. And I'm like, somehow. Right. He's been listening to Drake. Now, if there's a Drake song, I want him to be singing. That's the one. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, he is definitely exposed to more than I was when I was 12. You yeah, know, definitely. so important. So and, true. And, and that's really is there's, there's not a, a natural context for you to speak in your son's life yeah. where it's not awkward on some sure. level. And that's really what Champion Tribes helps people do is create that context where your voice is the one on display and and just makes it feel natural. Some of those conversations are tough and awkward, but having that tribe and that small group of fathers and sons doing it with you makes it feel really natural. I love it. I love it. Um, where can, where can people go find out about this stuff? Like champion tribes, like how how can they find out, say someone's listening to this. Oh, now's the time I got to do this with my kid. Yeah, so the best place to go is www.championtribes.com, and that has all the information that you need to learn more about the program and also to buy a kit and get started. Love it, love it. So what we love to do on Parent Q podcast is to leave parents with a Q, with some way that they can take something from the podcast and they they can help them uh, intentionally parent their kids a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'd love for you to maybe leave parents with a Q, maybe parents that, you know, Maybe they don't have, you know, a son or maybe they don't have a son that's old enough for this yet. What's something that's applicable to everybody that maybe they can take from this? Bedtime, car time and meal time. Those are incredible opportunities that you have every single day to lean in to your child and to be intentional with your parenting. And it's it's not hard. It's just asking one insightful question. So remind us again what these everyday moments are. Bedtime, mealtime, and car time. And so those are, that's time you're already spending um, that it's an easy way if you just remember those three and just, hey, I want to I wanna really ask an insightful question. If you're a parent, you know, this isn't rocket science. This is you showing your kid um, how much you love them. And I love the, the thing about just taking a minute because I think as parents, again, we get... We start thinking we're just so busy. If our kids can just go to bed, then I can get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. And we forget that, no, spend a minute or two being super intentional, and that can go a long way. Nick, okay. thanks so much for hanging out with us, yeah, man. Thank this you for been, having me. This has been super helpful, not only for me personally, but I know to a lot of dads. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the Parent Q podcast one more time. Yeah, well, thank you so much. No problem. Talk soon. Such a great conversation with Carlos and Nick Salyers. And don't miss that cue that he just gave us because that is something that's so important for us here at Parent Q that he challenged us as parents to remember to lean into the everyday moments like bedtime, drive time, meal time. And we actually have a free app for that. Um, if you've been listening for very long, you've heard us talk about this, but the Parent Q app is a free app on your phone that updates every week with new content to help cue you around these moments in your day so that you can lean into morning time, meal time, drive time, bedtime to really establish a strong rhythm in your home. Yes, absolutely. Those rhythms uh, are also going to be helped because we have something special. Drum roll, please. 
for brrr, there's my drum roll for you guys uh we're actually going to be giving away one of the champion tribes kit so um that's that's what we want to give you guys us um this is how you guys do it if, if you, you head over podcast, to the show notes subscribe okay so the show notes for this episode Q. if you go to the parentq.org slash episode 88 there will be a link there where you guys can enter to win this champion tribes kit. Now, again, some of the things that are going to be involved in this kit, in this experience, there's, um, I have one myself that I'm going to be taking my son through, but there's like a champions tribe flashlight. There's a medallion, there's a journal, uh, and it actually comes in this beautiful leather case. It's really cool. And so I'm telling you guys, this is going to be a moment that your sons will not soon forget when you guys step into this new season with them. So head over to the parent q.org slash episode 88 you guys can enter there speaking of the parent q.org when you go check this out we have a brand new website it's been completely redesigned uh, but it has all the same great content on there we also have great resources for you guys if you guys head over to our new website the parent q.org We've got a cell phone agreement. If you guys are getting to that phase in life where you're gonna be having to hand your children this digital tool, we also have the phase life maps. Those are, have been so instrumental, even for me, just to see where my kids are going and where they've been. And also ideas for partnering with your kids' teachers. All of these resources can be found at our brand new website, theparentq.org. Guys, make sure you guys head over there and check out all the new stuff. So listen. As always, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today on Parent Q Live. If this has helped you in any way, shape, or form, we would love for you to forward this episode to as many people as possible. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you next time on Parent Q Live.